Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod, changing the way you think as a sports better. This is episode number 51, Wednesday, August 14th, 2019, and I'm back after taking another uh, week away from the pod. Things have just been so busy the past few weeks, including um, full-on deep dive prep work for the upcoming football season. There's just so much info out there to uncover, so I've been busy doing that with all my all my spare time. And uh, also last week I went on the Top Class Finish pod to talk some soccer and preview Manchester City's season specifically. That was a lot of fun, so be sure to give those guys a follow over at the Top Class Finish podcast. But now I'm ready and uh, back, uh, ready to go for um, for football season. I mean, we're going to go weekly again now. And last year I did two episodes a week during football season, um, and we had so much success breaking down the games. We hit a, an absurd 60-plus percent rate in college football in the NFL, which is unsustainably good. But uh, I also shared my reasoning behind my super contest picks for the for the contest that I play in that is modeled after the, the Vegas uh, Westgate Super Contest. Did that with all of you on our way to a 57-28 and 28 record in super contest picks last year that I posted on Doggy Juice Twitter every week uh, before the games kicked off on Sunday noon central. That was over 67%, and that actually that score would have tied for fourth place in the Vegas Super Contest for around $250,000, I believe. And those picks uh, at 57 and 28 also would have won the Super Contest gold, the $5,000 buy-in one, uh, the winner of that one over 640 k So last football season was a lot of fun. We had, we had some great guests on to break things down, and we also ran the official Doggy Juice Challenge. And some listeners like Zizzle Bizzle, uh, Philly Fran and Magic Man, they won some Kashish. So I'm ready, very excited to get going with more podcasts again as football season starts. Although I need to stress that it's completely unrealistic to expect the same level of success that we had last year. Last year was just an incredible first season of doing the Doggy Juice Pod with the hit rate that we had. But winning at that rate is basically mathematically impossible over the long run. I mean, couch football is one thing because the lines are softer and there's so many more games. But the kind of success that I had in the NFL last year is completely unsustainable year over year. Not to say that I'm I'm not confident that we're going to crush it again this year. I've had multiple winning seasons in a row, but I think that expectations and reminding yourself of proper bankroll and unit management, but uh, the expectations should be set a, a proper way heading into the season. So remember that our, our goal is to hit that magic 55% in the long run at minus 110 juice. So with that in mind, I have a lot of fun things planned for you all this football season as we have legalized sports betting within driving distance of Chicago and soon enough from our very fingertips uh, as Illinois looks to go live uh, on sports betting in a few months. But I'm really looking forward to covering all the developments around here locally. And remember to check out uh, Bet Chicago now, or I will, I've been writing there for the past month. So check out BetChicago.com, download their app because they're going to be all over this as well. Uh, they've been building some awesome stuff over there, and I'm I'm excited to be a part of it now as we enter the football season. So in this episode, I'm going to start with some quick hitters, and then I will jump into a new uh, periodic segment that I'm going to introduce called the Doggy Juice Diatribe, and then I will share some couch football and NFL thoughts, including some season win total and futures plays that I'm, that I'm already on heading into the 2019-2020 season. Sports betting is coming to the Midwest, baby. Iowa sports betting launches tomorrow, 
It will be the first state here in the Midwest to offer regulated sports betting. And in my opinion, Iowa has the best sports betting law on the books of all the states, besides the state that it's modeled after, Nevada. Hmm, we're enacting a new law. Might as well look at a state that's been doing it successfully for decades. Durr. There's a reason why Iowa is the most literate state in the union. Um, it's really exciting, though, and I, it, part of me just wants to take a trip there, like a field trip tomorrow, to be among the first to bet and to register for the apps. But here's the info you need if you're trying to go bet in Iowa tomorrow. The launch is supposed to happen at noon, so our little boy, uh, little Yeri, will have lunchtime plans, that's for sure. According to Legal Sports Report, there are eight casinos uh, that are going to be ready to open sports books at noon tomorrow with seven of those eight expected to offer mobile wagering, and those eight are Prairie Meadows, Lakeside, Isle Waterloo, Isle Bettendorf, Rhythm City, Riverside, holler, Iowa City people, Ameristar Council Bluffs, and Catfish Bend. And four properties are partnered with William Hill and three with Betworks, including Riverside for my Iowa City people. Hall of Famer Andre Dawson is expected to make the ceremonial first bet at the Isle Waterloo Sportsbook. Um, but there's more books coming. The rest of the 18 casinos that applied for licenses are expected to be operational on their brick-and-mortar slash retail locations by the start of NFL season, um, just under a month. So, But most are targeting launches before college football. I think that's definitely the goal. They want to be up for college football it's you know, get the full football season. So definitely in the next few weeks, and there's still some applications being processed, so they're still working it out. It's actually kind of amazing. They've been uh, doing this pretty quickly in Iowa uh, in an effort to to get it ready for football season to maximize state revenue. Illinois, you listening? So people in Iowa, you will be able to enjoy both in-person and mobile betting right away, but in-person registration for mobile apps is required until at least January of 2021. It's going to be similar here in Illinois as well. You have to go in and register, but once you do go in and register, you're all set to wager on your phone from your couch, your bed, wherever you want. So in terms of limitations, that's the only you know the major one. Um, but the other the other big one is there's a ban on prop bets involving in-state college teams, uh, not too dissimilar from other state laws. So other than that, wagering on college uh, college games is allowed. And also, people in Iowa can finally enjoy DFS. <laughs> Daily fantasy sports is going to be a thing there now, finally. Um, I know it was always a pain in the ass for some of my friends that lived out there. So no more driving across the Mississippi River in Illinois just to set your lineups every Sunday morning. Uh, looking at you, little Yeri. But on the other side of Illinois, uh, the Indiana launch is coming soon. It's going to be pretty similar to the Iowa launch. From what I'm hearing, Indiana is working to be ready with brick-and-mortar retail bets by uh, the start of the NFL season, but mobile wagering is more likely to be ready around mid-October. And Of course, that could all change, and I will keep you all posted. Uh, for us in Chicago, we got to pay special attention to Indiana because that's a big deal. We're, in, we're within driving distance uh, of these Indiana books, especially Horseshoe Casino for all my Chicago people here. You can get there in under 25 minutes from downtown easily if you're going fast enough. So, um, In terms of Illinois, well... In typical Illinois fashion, we are going to have to sit and wait. Um, the latest I've been hearing is that early next year is the most realistic with the Super Bowl, a legitimate target date for launch, but um, they're still working out a lot of stuff right now. I think they're reconfiguring a lot of the rules and regulations. Obviously, applications have to be sent in and then the approval process. So it takes a while. And of course, Illinois, this is Illinois. It's not going to be as fast as Iowa was. Uh, of course not. So 
We're just going to have to be patient here, but fortunately, sports betting is coming to the Midwest in Iowa and Indiana, and in Iowa, that starts tomorrow, baby. So as um, as always, just keep listening to the Joggy Douche Pod for the latest updates on the Illinois launch. The NFL announced a major official league data deal with distributor sports radar. Is it data or data? I don't, I don't know. I, always, I say data. It's probably data. Anyway, um, so Sport Radar partner with the NFL, finally getting its head out of the, the sand. I'm talking about the NFL, starting to officially change their stance on sports betting. It's about damn time. Uh, this means basically that real-time official play-by-play data will or data will go to sports books both in the U.S. and abroad, and operators can access the NFL's next-gen stats for player tracking data, which is a big thing uh, in the future here. But basically, Sport Radar, they're going to be a big player now. I wish I bought stock in them back in 2015 like Michael Jordan and Mark Cuban did. Uh, should have seen that one coming, but they're going to provide integrity monitoring to look at um, betting patterns, of course. Um, operators are going to have to pay for this, and it's you know it's not required of them to use it. However, with new states that require use of official league data to settle certain tiers of wagers, uh, that's going to force some operators' hands in the future, so it's something to pay attention to. But either way, it's a big score for, for Sport Radar and the NFL finally embracing sports betting. The NBA officially released its 2019-2020 schedule earlier this week some books have already come out with individual game lines including the christmas day lines which actually came out um, a couple weeks ago uh the the christmas day lineup is pretty sick i've even seen it the lakers and the clippers opened at a pick the warriors are hosting the rockets that also opened to pick the raptors open minus two hosting the celtics the 76ers laying three and a half hosting the bucks and the nuggets uh minus eight and a half hosting the young pelicans and in terms of the Chicago Bulls here locally, they opened their season on October 23rd as one-point underdogs on the road against the rebuilding Charlotte Hornets. The Major League Baseball season, it's presented us with some crazy contrasts. Uh, at the start of the year on the pod, I said that I was on the Dodgers over 90 wins and the Orioles under 59 wins, pretty much taking the highest overs over and the lowest unders under just because of that crazy dichotomy we see. Um, these days in, in uh, the MLB, but both those tickets look like they're going to cash with weeks remaining in the season. And it's also a year of some pretty crazy home road splits, um, home records for some teams this year as of this is as of Monday, so I haven't updated it, but the Dodgers were 48 and 16 at home, Yankees 43 and 18 at home, the Astros 43 and 15 at home, and hometown Chicago Cubs 41 and 19 at home. The Premier League started this past weekend, and back-to-back defending champion Manchester City beat the piss out of West Ham 5-0 to start defending their crown. Uh, Liverpool also rolled, and Spurs, they got a W, um, covered the the spread at the very end with a Harry Kane goal, actually gave out a value play on Spurs uh, on a Bet Chicago article. So be sure to check out some of my uh, Premier League stuff on Bet Chicago. I'm doing a lot of like match previews and stuff, and don't really have like too many angles on soccer because I don't like set my own numbers for it or anything like that. But it was pretty clear there was some value on on Spurs uh, this past weekend. So there's some other interesting things I'm trying to look at in the Premier League, trying to get a little more involved with that moving forward as well too. Great stuff by Michael Lombardi from Veasan, pointing out the NFL point of emphasis to referees over this offseason to call more holding penalties. 
this season. So it could be a situation like we had at the start of last year, maybe it was the year before, where referees were calling roughing the passer penalties, like left and right, uh, but then they laid off a few weeks in. So this year, I think we can expect a similar outcry by the public early on in the year uh, when there seems to be an uptick in the number of holding penalties being called on offenses. And as always, on the Doggy Juice Pod, we are looking to see how we can put situations like this into opportunities to make some money. And at least for me, it seems like this directive to referees is going to help underplays specifically early on in the season, especially with teams that are known for wanting to establish the run on first downs or early downs, even second down. Uh, so guys like the Clapper in Dallas or Bill O'Brien with Houston who like to you know run it on early downs, you might see a lot of first and 20 situations or at least a small uptick in them. So if anything, uh, there's something to keep in mind as the season starts and maybe you know just another another item to put in your in your uh, bucket of factors when you're looking to play unders early in the season. But at the very least, it's something to monitor and keep in mind early on. Okay, time to introduce a segment called the Doggy Juice Diatribe, where I go after bad takes, for example, the Tennessee sports betting law. So here we go with the inaugural Doggy Juice Diatribe. Doggy Juice Diatribe. Get off my lawn. So we're in the middle of the NFL preseason, and it's that time of year where you get those assholes that come out and say, you're betting NFL preseason? What's the matter with you? That is the most square thinking ever. So for starters, the more publicly bet on games, like you know the regular season games and the playoff games, the games with more coverage, those lines are so tight and they're so much more sharp. So the reasoning is nothing more than ignorant that you know people that are betting the preseason are just degenerates. In fact, the NFL preseason offers some of the best betting opportunities that you're going to see all year. Like if you think about it, all of the lines are based off of news, coaching tendencies, quarterback rotations, and it's the only situation where coaches are actually telling you their game plans before the game starts and you know they're not bullshitting you. So one can do really well when they're betting NFL preseason and when you have jagoffs like out there saying, oh, you're betting the preseason, you're degenerate. Like, that could not be further from the truth. The true degenerates are the ones that are flipping coins in the middle of the regular season, just betting their team ATS. But the guys who are betting the preseason, finding those soft lines and exploiting them, they're the ones taking advantage. So if there's an edge, I'm going to bet it no matter what. It could be the NFL preseason, it could be bowling. But if there's a market and if there's an opportunity in that market, then you're only shortchanging yourself if you are if you're not looking to exploit that opportunity in the market. So people laugh or scoff at betting NFL preseason. Please keep betting in the regular season so I can keep taking your money. So what, no fucking ZD now? Okay, so now I'm going to dive into some college football and NFL thoughts, and I will share some season win total bets that I've made over the summer and some that still have a good price to bet on in the current market, and then I will give you some buy-on and sell-on teams for college in the NFL as we enter the 2019 season. Hello! Starting with college football win totals, Michigan State over Sparty. They are one of my favorite buy-on teams this year. The market has agreed the season win total is up to eight from uh, seven and a half, but I still like it at eight uh, if you can find it with small enough juice. I'm seeing Saw some minus 130 earlier today. That's far from ideal now, but it's still doable, although nothing is guaranteed. It's one of those situations where it looks like worst case, you push on that play at 8, 
Uh, the schedule's not easy, but uh, my stuff, they're projected to be an underdog in only three games this year, and that's obviously at Ohio State, at Michigan, and also at Wisconsin, but I, I think they have a real chance of winning that Wisconsin game. And then they close out the year with two very winnable games at lowly Rutgers and then at home against Maryland. But in terms of this actual team itself, they have had they had more starts lost to injury than any other team in college football last year. So this year they have 17 returning starters, which is the fourth most in the country. Every starter's back on both lines. They were, and last year they were the number one run defense in the country, and, and they have a fire under their ass this year. It's just the sense I get. And I heard some stat about Mark D'Antonio in the next season following a year with less than eight wins or something like that. I don't know exactly what it was, but either way, look for this team to come out with an amazing defense and improved offense, positive regression on injuries, and especially look for them to come out with fire in the rematch against Arizona State at home in week three. I think that's a real spot that I want to get behind, but I think obviously the the market's talking about it too, so there might not be any value on the line by the time it comes around. But either way, this Michigan State team is a team I'm looking to buy on entering the season. Another team that's returning a bunch of starters, and this one is 19 returning starters, which is the most of the Power 5 conferences, and that is UCLA. Chip Kelly leading the way there. Their schedule's brutal. Uh, the total reflects that, obviously, the, but their win total opened 5.5, and now the market's starting to settle out at 6.5 or 6 with heavy overdue, so uh, there's not really any more value on playing their, their uh, season win total over, so instead I'd look to play on them and in uh, ATS spots. So week one, I've already gotten into play on them at three and a half, plus three and a half at Cincinnati. I think that's down to three now, but I think that's still a good play. Take them plus three. I think that line should be closer to a pick em, So also take a little nibble on, on the UCLA money line there. I think you can find like a plus 130. Um, I think I got plus 135, plus 140 on it, but you could find it. Just search for the best number and get some good value on Cincinnati, or sorry, on UCLA at Cincinnati week one. Texas under nine and a half. There's more juice on it now, so definitely shop around. But uh, this has been a pretty popular sharp play over the offseason. Texas obviously closed out last year um, very strong. They beat Georgia straight up as 13-point underdogs. That was a doggy juice play last year, actually. Um, but basically this team is not returning. Um, they, don't, they don't have many returning players. And they also had lots of close games last year that went their way. And Tom Herman, I've been on this for years now, he's known as being such a great coach as an underdog, but that's about to change because they're going to be favorites most of the time this season. And they have some tough uh, some tough schedule situations in their upcoming, you know, for the year this year, including a game as a home underdog against LSU to start things off. That's going to be a pretty big one for their season win total right off the bat against LSU. But they also have away games at TCU, Baylor, and Iowa State. I'm higher on Iowa State this year. I think Iowa State can win that one. And and Texas, as much as I like Sam Ellinger, and I've been on him, I, I have a Heisman ticket on him, more on Heisman stuff in a second, but um, I, I still think that that team just is a little overrated in the market right now. I think asking them to win 10 games is a real tough ask, and I, I could see them finishing with nine wins or even eight wins, but you just need them to lose three games to cash that under ticket. So Texas under nine and a half wins. Arizona over. Um, I've been diving into Pac-12 work the past few days especially, and really this one's starting to stick out to me, uh, playing on Arizona. Basically, last year Khalil Tate was injured for most of the year, and he, the expectations were so high on that guy starting out with the season, but um, but he 
just never really got it going last year. Obviously, they had a first-year coach in Sumlin last year, uh, so it was also the whole adjusting to a new coaching staff, that whole factor as well. But they have a fairly easy schedule before their bye week early on, and uh, the bye week is before hosting UCLA, the aforementioned UCLA, in week five. But there's a legit chance that they start the season 4-0 and if they can beat UCLA before going to lowly Colorado on the road. So even so, they're look for them to win a bunch of their early games, and then the market will probably catch up on them, especially if Khalil Tate comes out and he's getting a bunch of touchdowns, which looks like it, it could happen. That guy's very explosive, and he's he's um, healthy now after not never being fully healthy last year in someone's first year. Um, J.J. Dillon, he's a beast out of the backfield. He returns this year. The defense is a year older. They're bringing guys back. It's another year in someone's system. Over six and a half wins, I think that's worth a look, especially at the current plus money. I got plus money on it. Um, it's always good to not lay any juice and get a plus price on a season win total, but if this gets down to six, then it's definitely uh, a must-go on, on the over at, at six. But either, even so, over six and a half on Arizona. So other college teams that I'm buying on compared to the market, Virginia, the market did move on them. Um, there's a market move on there over seven wins already, so that that's moved up. Bronco Mendenhall, great coach, lots of returning starters, eight starters to be precise. Bryce Perkins, uh, dual-threat quarterback, he's ready to take the next step. So Virginia, and the market's been on them as well. So not as much value playing on Virginia, but they're a definite buy-on team for me. Also, Syracuse, another market move on them as well. Um, people have been falling in love with this team, but they're a quarterback. The Cuse quarterback, Tommy DeVito, he's going to turn heads this year. He's a redshirt sophomore with an elite arm, quick release. He's mobile. He likes to throw it deep. The market's been high on this team, like I said, uh, but that's been reflected in their season win total getting bounced up all offseason. But for me, um, it's a spot where I'm going to look to play on them early in the season. And then finally, Texas A&M, absolutely brutal schedule for A&M, but I think that's a great team to look at playing ATS early on in the season. And then college uh, teams that I'm selling entering the year compared to their market price, I'm going to build on this list, especially as the season gets closer. I'm going to touch on this again, but um, some of the teams in the Big Ten West scare me, including Wisconsin and my beloved Iowa Hawkeyes. I think uh, we're going to have a little – it's going to be a competitive Big Ten West for sure because Nebraska is going to be a big factor with, uh, obviously, Martinez um, at quarterback being a Heisman candidate. And then Northwestern is going to be solid as well. Illinois, I expect to be improved. And obviously you have – and Minnesota, I think, might be the story of the Big Ten West this year too. I think they can they can win the Big Ten West. And Iowa and Wisconsin are strong, but I think everyone's used to them being a little bit better the way they're, the market has them priced. I think it could be a good chance to sell on those teams, especially Wisconsin, who just brought in freshman quarterback. I don't think they're going to play him, but it could be a good chance to fade the, the Badgers and the Hawkeyes, especially the Badgers. Uh, and then one of the worst teams in the – in college football, if not the worst, it's going to be Rice this year. They're going to be absolutely terrible. So if you can find under two and a half wins for them at reasonable juice, then I would take that. But I think the juice is pretty big on that now. So just a spot where Rice is just going to be that bad. So don't put any of your money on the Rice Owls this year. Uh, and then finishing up college football with Heisman Trophy bets. Obviously, Tua and Trevor Lawrence are the short shot favorites. My value play was 20 to 1 on Jake Fromm, the Georgia quarterback. I also took some Shea Patterson and Sam Ellinger at similar prices. I know I was talking Texas before, playing the season win total under, but Sam Ellinger is still going to be uh, he's going to be a factor this year for sure, and he's just taking the next step as a dual-threat guy uh, in Herman's system. But when diving into recent Heisman results, there are some eye-popping trends to consider. 
Uh, 16 of the past 19 Heisman winners have been quarterbacks, and 8 out of the past 10 winners have been priced at 20-1 to 1 or higher before they began their Heisman winning season. And last year, Kyler Murray was 20-1 to 1 at most shops entering the year. And two years before that, Lamar Jackson, who won the Heisman with Louisville, he could be found at 50-1 to 1 entering the 2016 season. So the reality, though, of Heisman betting is you really can find wild value on players week to week. And the week-to-week Heisman markets are where you should really look for the best value as the season plays out. So let's finish up now with some talk on NFL season win totals. Do I make you horny, baby? Do I? Do I make you randy? Yeah. The San Francisco 49ers. Um, this is like my main buy-on team this year, and I, I wrote an article on Bet Chicago about these guys and how there's value on them even entering the year. And the market has agreed on, on the move on, on the 49ers. I was able to get over 7.5 wins um, with a little bit of juice entering uh, about, what was that, like one or two months ago. That number's moved up now on them. There's pretty heavy juice on the over 8 on uh, the 49ers, I've even seen some eight and a halves out there. So not going to find too much value, and especially when you consider that. I think your better way of attacking the 49ers is in the futures market. Um, on the yes to make the playoffs, I got plus 240 on the Niners to make the playoffs and also to win the NFC West, plus 525. But, yeah, for there's so many reasons to like this 49ers team this year, and you should check out my Bet Chicago article where I really went into more depth on it. But... Obviously, everything starts and ends with Jimmy G's health for them, but Kyle Shanahan, in my opinion, is one of the best coaches in the NFL, if not the best coach in the NFL. This is his third year with the Niners, but they've been so banged up in his first two years. Um, and obviously, like last year was a tough year for them, but not really when you consider everything about their year last year. I mean, they're, they're one of the teams that's most ripe for, for regression, I think, uh, entering 2019. They finished 4-12 and last year, but they actually might have been one of the best 4-12 and teams in recent memory, according to Warren Sharp, um, using his early down success rate metric. Basically, he was they were one of only two teams last year to finish top 10 on both offense and defense in early down success rate. They were the fourth most injured team in the league last year, and they also had uh, one of the most difficult schedules in the league last year. And if that's not enough, last year their minus 25 turnover margin was a league high. So there's going to be regression on the injury and turnover margin fronts. And this team also obviously has healthy Jimmy G, apparently, entering the season. They got two wide receivers that they selected, uh, two stud wide receivers early in the draft, uh, Debo Samuel and Jalen Hurd. They've got Jarek McKinnon coming back from a big injury. They traded for Tevin Coleman, who worked with Shanahan um, in the, with the Atlanta Falcons a few years ago when they went to the Super Bowl. So Shanahan, he's just ready to go. It seems like they have everything set for a big monster jump this year. On defense, they're switching to a wide nine scheme. They have Bosa, obviously. They took him, um, Nick Bosa, with the second pick in the draft. But he's also banged up, uh, which is he's missing the rest of the preseason. But from what I'm hearing, he should be good to go. Uh, by week one of the regular season. But they've made some changes on defense. Uh, Quan Alexander's there. They got D Ford from the Chiefs. And actually, their defense was kind of underrated last year, honestly. They also have Jason Verrett coming at cornerback. He's been banged up, but if he can be healthy um, and you know, kind of rekindle the magic that he's had in the past, this team could be a total, total buy-on team. Obviously, they, George Kittle. I can go on forever about the 49ers, but when it comes down to it, it's a buy-on Shanahan. 
and just his coaching ability. He understands analytics. He understands the optimal thing to do in certain situations, passing on early downs, look for his offense to be high-powered, to really surprise people. And also, like, their defense is going to be good on the other side of the ball, too. So 49ers, obviously the market's on to them, but they're going to be a buy-on team for me for sure as this year progresses. As long as Jimmy G's healthy, this team is going to for sure be a playoff contender and do not be surprised if the 49ers are legitimate Super Bowl contenders this year. I'm going to go that far. Moving to a team that I feel the opposite about compared to the 49ers, a team that I'm fading this year, and that is the Houston Texans under eight and a half wins. I also wrote an article on these guys for Bet Chicago, basically how the Texans are fade material in 2019. So before I get into more reasons why you should be looking to fade them, to get an idea of how easy their schedule was last year uh, in terms of opponent passing offenses. Here's the list of quarterbacks that the 2018 Texans had to face. Brock Osweiler, Blake Bortles, Eli Manning, Nathan Peterman, Blaine Gabbert, Cody Kessler, Colt McCoy, Case Keenum, Dak Prescott, Nick Foles, and Marcus Mariota. Oh, and that's not including rookie quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, and Baker Mayfield last year. They did face Tom Brady and Andrew Luck uh, three times in the regular season, one one and two in those games. Um, But then contrast that with the opposing quarterbacks that the Texans have to face this year. Besides having to face Brady and Luck twice, just Luck is twice, Brady once, the 2019 Texans, they draw reigning MVP Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, and Matt Ryan, among other quarterbacks. So, this team is just so just ripe for regression the opposite way because last year they just had the easiest schedule just based off uh, opponent win totals alone. The Texans will move from the easiest slate of opponents last year to the toughest slate of opponents this year. Um, they finished 11-5 and last year, obviously. Everyone was on to them at the end of the year. They won the AFC South title, got the three seed in the AFC playoff bracket, um, but the thing is with the Texans, they just look at t- like a team that I want to fade entering this year. Um, obviously, they they had the easy schedule last year, but they also enjoyed the second-best turnover margin with a plus-13 turnover differential last year, something that you should expect to regress this year. And that's actually surprising, too, considering the fact that Deshaun Watson was always running for his life. Uh, he's led the league in uh, pressure on, on dropbacks for two years in a row now. Um, in the offseason, they did get some help on the offensive line, but they missed out on the real guy that they apparently wanted, uh, Andre Dillard. Instead, they brought in Titus Howard and Max Sharping uh, from Northern Illinois. Um, they should get some help from that, but even so, I, I don't think that offensive line is going to be that improved, and especially early on in the season. So, Another thing, though, is I just want to fade Bill O'Brien as a coach. He seems like a really nice guy and everything, but... Uh, per Warren Sharp, the Texans were the NFL's single most run-heavy team on first downs and first halves last year, throwing uh, just 38% of the time in those spots. And they also ranked 13th in passing efficiency, but ended up 21st overall in offensive efficiency, which kind of further proves that O'Brien, his um, his way is to establish the run early in games. And I think that just really restricts their offense. And you could see, especially in the red zone last year, um, that they were not as good in, in those situations. So his play calling is predictable. He just does not embrace the analytics. And for me, when you're fading, you know, all, the Texans, you know, they have a lot of skill on offense, no doubt about it. Deshaun Watson 
Uh, it's going to be one of the top fantasy quarterbacks this year. DeAndre Hopkins is a beast. Obviously, they have J.J. Watt. And Clowney can't even stay healthy, though. It's another thing. He's had an injury, I think, every year since he's been in the league. So, um, But there's so many factors, so many reasons why I want to fade this team. And when they're being priced in the market with eight and a half wins, I know the juice is up on that now. But even so, if you're laying minus 150 on them at eight and a half wins, you know, I can look at get at it in a different way. But I think the Texans are total fade material entering this year. So that's a team I'll definitely be against. Uh, Tampa Bay. This is a team I want to play on this year. I'm on their season win total. I got at it. Um, it's six and a half with plus money. Now it's, I think there's obviously juice on either side, equal juice. I think it might even be a little more juice to the over at this point. But Tampa Bay Bucks for me, it's another coaching thing. Bruce Arians, one of my favorite coaches in the NFL. He's taken over in Tampa. He's got Byron Leftwich, um, Byron Leftwich as the quarterback coach for Jameis Winston, who's in a contract year. But I'm really a big believer in this Tampa Bay team turning it around. Obviously, I don't expect them to be like Super Bowl contenders this year, although I would be lying if I didn't take um, you know, triple-digit odds on them, a little slice on the futures market. But I think this could be a team that really turns it around this year. I love the way Bruce Arians, um, he calls plays on offense. He's very aggressive, likes to go deep. And their defense is still going to be an issue, but they got that linebacker that can cover a lot of ground in the draft this year with their I think the fourth overall pick and that's going to be good uh, just for their secondary this year I think there's going to be a lot of room obviously there only is room for improvement with this defense but at the same time Tampa Bay arrows pointing up they have a new coach in new regime and I think they really are poised to make a big uh, leap in 2019 and then NFL teams that I'm buying on compared to the market price, the Steelers, all of the focus is on the Browns and their division, but the Steelers could benefit from addition by subtraction, losing Le'Veon Bell and uh, trading Antonio Brown finally. They still have a great offensive line and tons of talent, and as Michael Lombardi of Eason said, when, you're, when you have a hungry soldier, you have the best soldier, and I think uh, you're going to have some hungry soldiers in, Seattle, or in, uh, in Pittsburgh this year. The Vikings, uh, this is going to be my... Bears fade in the NFC North. The Vikings and the Lions are teams I kind of want to look to buy on compared to the market price this year. The Vikings have been under the radar. The Lions, similarly, tough sledding early on for their their schedule, but this team looks prime for regression. Um, Patricia, he's put a he's put his stamp on play calling, and now he has his. In, in my opinion, a bad stamp on play calling. They really went run heavy the past few years, but now he has his guys. The Lions are going to be a tough out at home in the division, and when they're lined only at six and a half wins, I think uh, I think Football Outsiders has them at eight point three, which is their biggest market discrepancy, and I agree with it. I don't have them up to eight point three, but I still think there's some value on playing the Lions' season win total over, and especially if they start out um, you know slow this year, it could be a good team to buy on you know week three, week four moving forward. Um, and then teams in the NFL that I'm selling compared to the market, I've already mentioned it, but the Bears, the Bears appear to be a complete pros versus Joes situation entering the year. The market's actually moved down on the Bears because so much sharp action has come in fading the Bears. They're based, the market's basically saying now that they're equal teams with the Packers. Uh, Bears-Packers line's actually looking like it might even settle out at three to open up the year on Thursday night football. So it's going a little far now. I think that the value in fading the Bears was earlier in the summer when you could have got under nine and a half wins. Now it's nine. Um, I th- you know, I'm predicting a year where you could see eight and eight or nine and seven with the Bears, but the big thing for me is Trubisky, especially when you look at recent reports coming out of the training camp. 
they're, they're trying to dumb things down and keep it simple, I think was the quote. Um, that's definitely a red flag with Trubisky. It's looking like he's not going to take that next step this year. There's issues with his accuracy. Obviously, you know, he's a great you know, team guy and everything like that, but I just think he's, he lacks um, the accuracy and the ability to make reads that are going to be needed from him if the Bears are going to take the next step. So obviously, the Bears are also a team that's primed for regression. They're one of the healthiest teams in the league last year. Um, they also faced off when it was all said and done against one of the easiest schedules last year. This year it changes, more difficult schedule. Have to face teams that finished in first place since the Bears finished first in the NFC North last year. So it's going to get tougher for the Bears. We're going to see some regression, or at least they're ripe for it. And this is their win-now year because next year uh, those contracts are going to become burdensome. They're going to have to cut bait with some guys next year. So the Bears' win-now window is really this year. I'm hoping as a Bears fan that they can – they can make it happen and have some of that variance go their way again, but I'm skeptical about it from a, a betting standpoint, and the Bears will not be getting any preseason money for me uh, entering this year. I actually thought that a really good bet was betting on the Bears not to make the playoffs, plus money. I did put some money on, on that. so bet I'm willing to lose and hope I lose, but uh, just from a simple value standpoint, uh, it's a bet that I did make, so... Uh, another team I'm looking to fade should come as no surprise, and the market is down on these guys too, the Giants. Uh, I think a quarterback controversy is imminent, obviously with Eli. Um, and uh, it, it, I don't know, it's just like Odell leaving the team that just signals to the rest of the players when they traded Odell that they don't care about winning now. I also think they got fleeced in that deal by the Browns as well. And they also didn't replace some of their top players who left on defense. The Giants, their season win total had set six. Uh, there is a lot more juice on the under now, but I do like that. Uh, if you can find reasonable juice um, on the Giants, because I, I just can't see them getting to seven wins this year. There are always are surprise teams in the NFL every year, but I just can't see the Giants being that team, especially with a quarterback controversy that I think we're going to get. And when you go through the schedule, it's really hard to find um, six wins, let alone seven that's going to be required to have you lose that bet. So that's it for... Um, teams that I'm looking to buy and sell in the NFL markets. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod. Closing up, I'm not the biggest fan of trends and have always stressed that you should always be critical of trends. As Gil Alexander at VEASAN says, you should always be asking yourself if a trend is narrative or predictive. And if it's predictive, then the shelf life of its market value is going to be limited because the market will pick up on the trend and correct itself, causing the trend to be baked into the line and therefore a trend no more. But there is one trend that might be too simple to be true, and yet it is, and that is a preseason NFL trend. And courtesy of the aforementioned Gil Alexander via Dr. Bob Sports, who went on Gil's show uh, the other day, he pointed this out that, um, and I've been aware of this for a couple of years, but teams coming off a preseason week one loss, facing off against teams coming off a preseason week one win, are since 1994, 104-62-3 straight up, 62-15-1 against the spread. And this trend is actually at 17-5 against the spread the past six years. So that's right, just playing blindly since 1994, you're 62-15-1 against the spread playing this trend Uh, playing on a team that lost their week one preseason against a team that won their week one preseason. I think it makes sense from the angle of the coach wants to get one win in the preseason, don't really care once they get that one win. And the team that won the first game obviously is going to be priced a little bit better. team that lost their first game priced a little worse. 
Um, I especially like to get at this in the regular season, especially after week two with 0-2 teams against 2-0 teams, but that's a whole other thing completely. But anyway, after you know, when you look at this preseason trend, this year there's only one game that this qualifies for, and that is the Indianapolis Colts over the Cleveland Browns this week. Beware that the line did open at plus one and a half. Now the Colts are uh, are minus three, so they one one and a half to three. I think a lot of people have already bet into it with you know knowledge of this trend. You know, going back to the whole narrative or predictive type of thing. So maybe it's going to correct itself over time now because people are onto it. But either way, put a little pizza money on the Colts this week. Play on this trend if you want to. It's the only one that I think I will ever recommend playing. I never recommend playing on trends. I don't think you've ever heard me say that one time in the Doggy Juice Pod, and it's something I'm sticking by, but this is one where the one exception, all rules have exceptions, and this is one of them. Of course, I think it should be pizza money because you know if you do like the game handicap as well, then that's a whole other thing separately, but this is a trend that I've put a little bit of pizza money on this week uh, for week two of NFL preseason. All right, guys, that'll do it. Like I said at the open, I'm gearing up for another football season, ready to go, another busy time of year. For those of you who are interested in fantasy football, my fantasy rankings are up on Bet Chicago. I've got my quarterback and running back rankings up now, and my wide receiver rankings are dropping later this week. Uh, those are for half PPR scoring. And as always, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice. Be sure to check out Bet Chicago, all the awesome stuff going up over there. And good luck with your bets, and I will talk to you soon. Doggy Juice.